Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Welcome to the call. This is Amy Tang. Who's on here right now? Marlita's here. Oh, hi, Marlita. There's a few people on the chat already. Where do you go to look at the chat? Um, If you click the web link that I sent you with the call information, it will take you to the chat. There was another woman on Facebook who like 15 minutes ago um, was like, can I register? Oh, you could um I didn't know what information to give her though. Uh-huh. You can give her the call information that I gave you. I mean, she can't register right now technically through Eventbrite cuz it's closed. But um you could give her that you could give her that information. You know what I mean? What I sent in your email, just the phone number or the call ID. Hello, Amy. It's Valicia. Hi, Valicia. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for being Hi. here this morning. Yes, all the way on the East Coast. <laughs> Yay. Are you still buried in snow? No, actually. And and I'm actually fighting off a cold now because the weather um, has been fluctuating. So it's been like in the 40s and very sunny. Um, and it'll go down at night and very chilly. So it's melted a lot of the snow. So we only have, like, huge mound, mountains in, like, parking lots. But on yeah. our, you know, in the streets clear and our property and everything, it's pretty much down to nothing. Okay, so it's weird, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can change so fast. Exactly. From 30 inches to, like, three in, like, four times. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're here. We have a few more minutes, and people are logging on. Several people in the chat. Um, I'm not sure. I are you guys know. showing any slides or anything on the web? Pardon me. Uh, are you showing any slides or anything on the web version? No. Oh, okay. I'm not okay. Sure, yeah, I'm not sure. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, like are you showing a PowerPoint presentation or anything on the web, the TalkShoe web link? Yeah, I, the the web link is just a show, um, a, a call thing. Also, there's no there's no showing of anything. I just went there too. Hi, Amy. It's Jen. Hi, glad you're here, Jen. <laughs> Welcome to the call. Yeah. Where are you calling from, Jen? I'm in New York. In New York, okay. Several from New York now. Great. Amy. Yes. This is Marlita. Hi, everybody. Good morning. This is Marlita. Good morning. Um, okay, so what email was it that you, there's a talk to link you said? Yes, let me send it again. 
Um, I just, let me think about the best place for me to get it. I will send it to you right now. And I would put it in a private message, Marlita, maybe just not, don't post that on Facebook, but, um, you know, if you can private message it to her, ask her to email you. Okay, I am sending that. <clears throat> this is the one where I can see the chat. You can see the chat? No, I I can't find the link that you sent me where I could see the chat. Okay, I just emailed it again. Okay. And so there's there's a um <clears throat> in that email you will see the the telephone number the call ID, and the last thing is the web link. And if you yeah. click, click the web link, then that will take you there. Got it. Wow. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give people just, a, just maybe two more minutes, and then we'll officially start. Anyone else want to introduce themselves while we have a, a minute or so? Yes, I'm Sarah Shelton. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Amy. This is Beverly Powell from South Carolina. Hi, Beverly. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Hi, Amy. This is Marcia Cody from Chicago. Hey, Marcia. I saw your registration come in last night. Glad you're here. This is awesome. I like people from all over the place. It is. Technology is, you know, there's so many times where I think, ah, oh, we get sucked in, it steals my life. But then there's times where I think, oh, it lets me communicate with people all over. It's <laughs> a blessing. Hello? Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Pat Dyer. Hi, Pat Dyer, welcome. Glad hey. you're here. Well, well, let's go ahead and start. You're all here. You're on time. I'm sure people will, there will be others that trickle in. Um, welcome to Dancers Assume the Position. This is Amy Tang of Worship Dance Ministries, and I am excited to be hosting Marlita Hill as she teaches from this really impactful book. This is the first of a four-part series where Marlita is going to help really us study this book and unpack it. And um, we want you to go away from this course positioned for greater impact in your ministry, having the foundations in place to know God's purpose for your dance, and being even more equipped to collaborate with him to accomplish the tasks he has for you. And I came across a verse in my journal that really just gave me a picture of what, I, what I've been praying for for people. I'm reading a French New Test, a French Bible right now, and so sometimes when I translate it from French back into English, I see things that I hadn't seen in the English. And so this verse, if you translate it, it when I translate it back, said, um, "In their hearts, they know the paths traced out for them." And I just loved that that you would in your hearts that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you the paths that He has traced out for you that He traces out paths for us. So that's that's my prayer for you today. Um, let me tell you how the call is going to flow. 
I'll be interviewing Marlita about chapter one of her book. And chapter one is entitled Ministry Demystified. And um, we want this to be interactive. So we will also be asking you questions and giving you a chance to participate and share. And we'll have some giveaways throughout the class because I love giveaways. Um, and we'll have Q&A at the end. We will wrap up around, uh, if you're on the West Coast, we wrap up around 9 o'clock at 9 o'clock. Pacific time. If you're in mountain time, it's 10. Central time, it's 11. And East Coast people, it's 12. And those of you who are around the world, I'm sure you, you know your math, so I'll let you figure that one out. Um, we will also have a homework assignment that we'll give at the end, and I really encourage you to do it. You will get more out of this class the more you reflect and chew on and interact with the material and with the other people. And there will be class notes posted on the course page after the class for you, so make sure to look at those. Um, just some housekeeping things. When you aren't speaking, if you could mute yourself by either hitting star 6, or your phone probably has a mute button too, either one. I like using my phone's mute button because then I know I'm muted, because you also hit star 6 to unmute yourself. Um, and so um, once I we start teaching, I will mute everyone during the teaching time just so we get a clean recording for you to have later. But you can punch star 8 on your phone to raise your hand if you have a question, and you can type your question in the chat or, like I said, on my Facebook page. Either one, whatever is easier for you. And then I will unmute you when we ask questions. Um, let's see, anything else? Also, I just want to say this early in case some people need to leave the call early. If This is the first of a four-part course. And um, if you register for the full course today, then the registration is only $29. And I think that's incredibly low. Actually, I was thinking, why did we set it so low? But I'm trusting that that is the right rate. And, um, but after tonight, it will go up to 39 So if you want to take it, um, register today. And just as a reward for taking action, if you register for the full course during this class today, like while we're on the phone, then Marlita will send you a Kindle copy of her second book. So that's a really great book. I have that one too. Um, so if you know you want to take it, register during the class, and that way you will get the most out of it. So I am going to mute everyone right now to reduce our background noise. And I want to – oh, except Marlita. Marlita, I need you unmuted. You know what? I need everyone to mute themselves <laughs> because I need Marlita unmuted. So can you please hit star six right now? Um, I hear some background noise. If you've got, if, I know when I'm on these calls, my kids are often in the house. Um, but please mute yourself so that um, can you hear me? we don't hear that. Yes, can I can hear you? hear you. I can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, star six or just the mute button on your own phone will work. And um, so Marlita Hill is a dance educator. She's a choreographer, and she's an author. She's written this book that we are studying, Dancers Assume the Position, the What, the Why, and the Impact of the Dancers Ministry, and a second follow-up book on that. She has her own dance company, Speak Hill Dance Project. She teaches modern dance and tap at a performing arts high school in downtown Los Angeles. And her latest assignment from God is called CHI for Kingdom Artists Initiative. And the purpose of CHI is for artists to learn how to flourish in the balance of faith, art, and career. Um, she says that being a spirit-led Christian and a professional artist are not mutually exclusive. You don't have to choose. You can have both. 
And more than that, you can thrive in both at the same time. You can visit Marlita um, and learn more about that at her website, thekaiprogram.com. That's the, Kai is K-A-I for Kingdom Artists Initiative, thekaiprogram.com. And lastly, I just am honored to call Marlita my friend. Um, from my experience, she is the real thing. She lives what she teaches. She doesn't let herself get hemmed in by religious expectations, but she listens to God about her art and her ministry. So I know that you're really going to be blessed by listening to her. So welcome, Marlita. Would you take a minute to introduce yourself and share how you came to write this book that we're studying? Um, so hello, everyone. It's so wonderful to meet you. Um, a lot of you guys I have recognized your name over and things like that, so it's wonderful to get to fellowship with you verbally. Uh, so I was introduced to dance ministry when I was 15, and just really briefly, I ministered with them for eight years, and the experience that I had when I was introduced, which I talk about in the beginning of the book, um, once I started ministering with them, I saw that what I had experienced when I first saw it was not a unique experience. This was something that was happening with regularity. People were looking at this dance and they were impacted by it in in a very um, in a very serious way. So I I just wanted to right. know what I was involved in, um, and so I asked God. And at the time, I was just learning how to hear Him for myself. So I thought it was just going to be. Uh, it is this, this, and this, period. But I asked, apparently, um, a decennial question. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it a word. <laughs> but it was a question that literally blew open my particular path and destiny. And I remember it was like I broke open a dam, and there were so many times where I couldn't even write fast enough because he was talking to me so much. So I never set out to write a book. I was just trying to understand what it was that God was doing through me. Um, and then as the years went on, he said, now that you understand this, I want you to put this into a book. Um, but that came later, after I was just learning, trying to learn what I was doing. <laughs> Hello. Awesome. Yep. Sorry. I yes. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Sorry, I got distracted looking at the mute there. I am going to pray for us, and then I'll start asking you um, some questions from the book, and we'll unpack it together. Okay. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you're here. Um, I thank you for every person that took the time to call in, and I. Speak your blessing over them. We invite you to open our ears and to open our hearts and to search our lives that um, that the message that you have would be transforming. Would I pray that each person would receive clarity and confidence about their call, their assignment, and their identity. And I, I just bless Marlita and trust that you are speaking through her. So we invite you to teach us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. And welcome if you're just joining the call. I just want to um, ask you if you would to, um, when you enter in, to hit 
star six so that you're muted so that you can whatever family or car or work noise might be happening in the background that that won't um, that we'll have a clean recording. Um, welcome, so glad that you're here. Marlita, I want to start at the very beginning. Um, you give a very straightforward definition of dance ministry at the beginning of the chapter. You said, dance ministry is the process of using dance as a vehicle to carry out the act of ministry. And then you go on to say, the dance is not the ministry, and the ministry is not the dance. Could you elaborate on this to say what you mean? Yes, so this was really interesting for me, and it was something that the Spirit of God brought to me that I wasn't really thinking about. But a lot of times we get caught up in thinking that if we're dancing, we are automatically in ministry. And I saw this when I was looking at the differences between dance ministries. Just in response, what happened when they went forth? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes things would happen, they would minister, and the power of God would manifest, and other times you would see dance ministry, and nothing would happen. It was a it was a wonderful presentation. They were wonderful people who no doubt loved God, but there wasn't a similar response. And so I wanted to know what the difference was between that. Um, and it is about understanding that just because you are dancing, doesn't mean you are ministering. And mm-hmm. so it was really important if we're going to assume the position, if we're going to get into position to be used by God, mm-hmm. I think that's a nuance that we really need to understand. So separating the dance from what ministry is because it's what you do with the dance, not that you dance. It's what you do with it. It's how you use it. There's something that we need to know first that informs how we go forward in dance, and that's why I separated the two. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. And, you know, I would say even in my own experience, there are times when I have danced where I felt like, oh, we were ready, we we did what we were, you know, we prepared, and yet something was missing. So even in my own experience, I, I can back that up. Um, well, I think, you know, you kind of go on to say, define ministry, which is really important. And you give a very simple definition that it is just rendering service and also benefiting someone else's purpose or done under the command or direction of another. Could you talk about this? Come on. So this is... This is something that's interesting that even as I move into Kai work, um, that's really been interesting to me. Because I, what, what I thought, I was thinking about the other day, God showed me the other day, is it's really important for us to recognize, one, that we come into relationship with God for a reason, Right? Yes, we are in relationship with him, but when we come into relationship with him, there is a for that we get drafted into. You know, Christ died for us so that we could, in exchange, live for him. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, thinking about this whole, why is obedience so important to God? And not slavery, not... um, you know, dictation, 
But mm-hmm. why is this agreement? I, in the book, I call it agreement obedience because it's not punitive, mm-hmm. but it's that kind of agreement that comes um, out of relationships. And why would he ask for that? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and what I thought about is, you know, the Bible says we are the body of Christ. This is something mm-hmm. that came to me the other day. So the Bible says we are the body of Christ. But if you look at what Christ said when he was on earth, what Jesus said what he, when he was on earth, he was talking about, he said, my food is to do the will. Mm-hmm. My food is to do the will of God. I'm here to be about my father's business. So Christ is already on a trajectory. If we say we are his body, then we are also then drafted into the trajectory he's already on if we say we're a part of his body, right? Because your eyeballs won't go a different place than your legs are going. <laughs> you, you get me? Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. is already a way that we're moving. So, so that agreement when we come into the fold of, of the Christian body, it's already on a trajectory and God needs our cooperation to go with that because it's about kingdom business. Right. And in right. a greater sense, that is why that obedience is necessary. That agreement is necessary because he can't do it without us. That's the way he set it up. And we can't do it without him. Mm. So it's necessary. I love that. That too. That that it brings in the relationship too. He, what you just said. He can't do it without us, and we can't do it without him. Yeah. Um, I also really was convicted when you said you make a distinction between service and effort, and you talk about a principle you described as what I asked for. Um, yeah. Could you share about that? Yeah. So it's it's almost like um, the correlation between separating the dance and the ministry. Right, so you have service and effort, and if you don't understand that simply dancing is not all the totality of what God is seeking from us, then I think anything I do for you is acceptable, and you should be grateful for anything that I do. But God's not asking us to come and simply be active in His presence. That's not what He's asking us for. It's it's a more involved commitment, a more involved interaction that he's asking for, a more attentive, aware interaction that he's that he's asking us to come into with him. Um, and so we think a lot of times, well, I love God, and that's not the issue. Well, God, I just want to worship you. That's great. That's not the issue, though. When we stand before the people of God, and no. one of the things that I talk about one of the things I talked about in the book is, um, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'll come back to it. But um, that effort thing, we think that just coming to be active in his presence is enough, and it's not enough because that's not what he's asking us for. Can you share the example? You told a story about if your mom sends you to the store. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's yes. that to me really brought it to life. Yeah. So, 
what I was talking about in that scenario that you're talking about, which is a little later in the book, is a lot of times, again, this goes back to the thinking that just the dance is enough, right? We think that when God initially tells us that he wants us to go forward in this, when he puts that impression on our heart and we feel that pulling to the dance, um, that we have enough information to go forward. Again, this is thinking, all I need to know is that God wants me to dance. So we go forward. But if we applied that same thinking and that same logic to something else, for instance, if my mother called me and said, Lita, I need you to go to the store. God says, Lita, I want you to go and I want you to use the dance. So I go to the, my mom says, I want you to go to the store and I run out the door. Just like <laughs> when God tells us, I want you to dance, we go and we get a uniform. We get, we, you know, we start calling churches to get booked. You know, we get names and all this kind of stuff. But we don't know what he's sending us there for. Even if my mother said, I want you to go get me some paper, I still don't have enough. There's, and I talk about this in the book. There's lined paper, colored paper, tissue paper. There's all kinds of papers. How does, how does she want me to go and pay for it? What store does she want me to go to? How much does she want me to get? There's so much more information. And I talk about this in the book as being a season of briefing. But if I don't know that there's more information that I need to know, like we assume as dancers sometimes, that only knowing that we're supposed to dance is enough for us to go forward, then we get in that trap where we get out there and we recognize once we get out there, hopefully we recognize, should I say, that there's something missing. There's Mm -hmm. more information that we need to know. And that's how we fall into that whole effort line. Mm-hmm. Right, because I just I'm so eager to serve God and love God, and it's an expression to God, and that's great. But is that what He asked for, though? Because there's a difference between my personal worship and communion to Him, and me standing on behalf as His mouthpiece. Those are two completely different things. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what I was going to talk about earlier. So. There's this thing that I used to hear all the time. Uh, dancers used to say, dance ministers used to say, I don't, I don't worship for man. I, I don't serve man. I serve God. And I always had a problem with that. I always did. But then later the Holy Spirit showed me where my issue was with that. Because a lot of times what happens is when people say that, what they're saying is, I'm going to stand in front of people and engage in personal worship, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm, That's not what God told you to do there. Why do I need to look at you, you know, have an interaction with God by yourself with no regard for me? Go do that in your house. That does nothing for me. It's like speaking tongues. Speaking tongues does nothing for the audience. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's something between you and God. But I do understand now that I am standing, I am serving God for the people. I'm creating an atmosphere for him to come and abide in. I am creating a free flow. Somebody, 
on earth has to stand in agreement with his word so so that he has a place to come and reside and exude from. That's what I'm there for in that sense. And then Mm -hmm. there's like this circular kind of interaction that happens. But I'm, I'm not standing there just to engage in personal worship with God in front of people. That's, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm doing, right? And so effort sometimes gets in that line where I get up there and I love God so much and I just want to be with him and we do that in front of people with little regard for them. But, mm-hmm. but it is about them. That's why he has you there because it is about them. Even though technically I see what they're saying when they say I'm not serving men, I'm serving God, I understand that. But you're serving with God for them. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even think in the the service effort thing, I see that when I read that, I could even think of it in my life apart from ministry. Like with mm-hmm. my family, I'll do things for them. I'll work so hard preparing a meal. I'll work so hard, but and and they're not that grateful. But sometimes I'm doing so much what I think I want to do right. for them rather than stopping listening. What? Ask either asking them what do they really asking them what do you need, <laughs> and that is what service is. What do you need, and then I do it. Not I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to throw my gifts your way, and right. hopefully you will be um, you will be blessed. And sometimes you know sometimes people are, and sometimes they're not. But we can be disappointed when we spend all this effort without seeing a result. When the problem is that we didn't stop to listen for the instructions or what would what what someone asked for. And there's and there's nothing wrong with wanting to show gratitude towards God. You know what I mean? It's like the woman who poured out her oil on on God's on Jesus' feet. It's not like the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit whispered in her ear while she was fasting and said, Now I want you to go on the twenty third day of June and it wasn't like that. That was an expression of her love. And I'm not saying that that is unacceptable. That is absolutely unacceptable. It's an expression of your love. The problem comes when we think that is the wholeness, that, that that's the totality of it, right? Mm-hmm. That you never have to hear from God about what to do. That it's mm-hmm. always just, it's coming from you all the time. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to even, um, well, on page four, you say something that should cause us to pause. And it, it kind of it relates to what you just said. You said, we should not be producing anything until we have specifications to employ our resources towards. And so I said, in other words, we shouldn't do anything unless we've been given specific instructions. So my question is, what, what if we're not that experienced at hearing God specifically? What if we're not that confident about our ability to hear his instructions? What are we, then what are we to do? Uh, my simple answer, kind of hopefully not kitschy, is to learn how to hear from them. Mm-hmm. We, you know what I mean? Um, again, thinking that the dance is the ministry, right, then you're so eager to get out and start dancing that you're willing for it to um, let me see, what's the word that I want to say? You're willing for it to not have 
the impact it's intended to have. Mm-hmm. Because we're so eager to dance, mm-hmm. right? The eagerness comes out of a, of a readiness to serve God. It comes from a good place, right? But one of the things that I talk about is with user, is it user or user? However you say it, right? When they were bringing, when they were bringing uh, the presence of God back to the people of Israel, and they put it on the ox cart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they were eager. It was a wonderful thing. It was God's heart to be back among His people. But Yusa died because he didn't know what to do, and because, and the Bible says, because they did not consult God about the proper order, right? I believe that there are times um, where God will cover us in our ignorance. I absolutely believe that. I've had it. I've had him cover me in ignorance. You've had him. I think we've all had him mm-hmm. cover us in ignorance, right, where we didn't know and we stepped out and, and that kind of thing, and his grace filled in the gaps, um, but is that the ideal? No. no. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you also say that, so there's the, you know, there's our own desire to, our love for him, and then they also talk about how sometimes we feel compelled to say yes every time we're asked maybe for fear that people will stop asking or because we feel an obligation to always go and request it. And um, I thought we might even open this up to the group. Can other people relate to this? And could someone share a t- how this plays out in your life or ministry or how you've overcome the temptation? So that, that compulsion that if there's an opportunity, I have to take it um, because maybe I'm afraid that it, it won't come again or we just think you always have to say yes. Does anyone else want to chime in? Can you relate to that. So I'm going to, you can hit star six to unmute yourself for that. Crickets, crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while someone's talking about it um, or, or thinking about it may or may not chime in or not, but this one, when you just said that, it made me think about the example of Jesus. And a lot of times, we, I've done it, I've done it where I felt I had to say yes. This is, God said, dance. So every time I'm asked to dance, I have to dance. I have to go dance. Um, and I don't think I believe that anymore. I don't. If I if I don't if he hasn't given me anything to say mm-hmm. right? If he hasn't given me anything to say, if he didn't tell me to go do that just because I was asked doesn't mean I'm obligated to do it just because I was mm-hmm. asked. And sometimes this is how we get burned out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is how we get burned out because there's no sense of uh of season. Mm-hmm. There is there there is flow and season. There is a time 
to say yes and a time to say no. Again, but if we think that doing the dance is the ministry, then we have to do the dance all the time if we want to stay in ministry. It's works-oriented thinking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have to cross this many, do I have to say this many Hail Marys? I have to do this, I have to do that. But But that's not the case. I mean, Jesus, and I talk about this in the book, Jesus knew his assignment was to preach, teach, and heal. But he didn't go. There were so many people that he walked past that he never healed. There were people that he left in the condition that they were in as he walked past them because he was very specific about not just what he was to do, but who he was to do it to and how he was to do it, right? Like the Canaanite woman who asked him to, I think it was the Canaanite woman, who asked him to heal her daughter, right? Healing is a part of his ministry. It's what he said God told him to do. But initially he said no to her because even though healing was his assignment, she was not his assignment. His assignment was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and she was not of the house of Israel. You know what I'm saying? And so it's important for us, even Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. I I do it at his word. Yeah, and that's the importance is at his word. And it's just as important for us to to consult God to know, should I take this assignment or should I not? Yeah. Yeah. Do I do yeah. this or not? I think we have a couple people that just unmuted and someone, I think, from central New Jersey with their hand raised. If I'm oh, cool. That. Right. So, yeah, so if you want to just take a minute and share your response to that, we'd love to hear from you. Sometimes it takes a minute to unmute. If you're still muted, you can hit star six to unmute or or the mute button on your phone. Um, on the chat, someone said, thank you for sharing the difference between self-worship and sharing God for the people. Mm-hmm. And then um, that someone else, that's good right there. Jesus walked by and he did not heal everyone. And Amy, this is Belisha. I just, this is great. This is really great. And I just want to say, it was. It, I think some of that comes with um, as we grow and in our maturity, we do become, you know, wise and learn that, um, you know, we don't have. There are seasons. I love how Marlita said, you know, what is the our assignment for this season, or what is my assignment for this season, and who does the Lord have me uh, serving. Uh, so I think it, some of it comes with maturity, and we learn and we grow. And, and I love how she said, you know, God gives grace to cover us in our seasons of mm-hmm. not knowing. Um, but then there comes a time where we grow, and there's the requirements of us as we grow, and the Lord begins to, um, you know, want us to learn and understand that. So I think yeah. with the maturity and developing our relationship and that hearing ear to him, you begin to learn, yes, you know, I have to put some things down. No, was I sent to, you know, go there? I don't have a song. I don't have a word for them. 
um, you know, and it's okay because I'm walking in obedience to God. So awesome, very awesome. And I love how you definitely highlighted, because I think this does happen so much, that people do get caught up in the worship and they're, they're providing their personal worship of the Lord for the people. And, again, it's taking that extra step to consult the Lord. What is it that you want me to, to, to deliver to these people? Is it healing? Is it your love? What message do you want to come through me to the people? And that, again, like you said, comes with developing that hearing ear and consulting the Lord. So good, good stuff, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Felicia. Yeah, yes, I like you. how she restated that. Um, well, I'm going to go on. The, the next thing that you talked about that really jumped out to me is the difference between, let me see if I can say this right, the difference between um, just taking something that God said in the past and applying it across the board in the future versus continuing to listen to him. He said on page nine, though we initially seek God about these matters, it's important for us to stay sensitive to his leading as we move through seasons and dimensions of purpose. That's a lot like what Felicia said. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also said religion has devised a process and notion for ministry that has, um, is comprised of many activities that have appearance of being for God, but they consist only of what we think he would want. Yeah. You know, when I, in in talking about this, I I see how all of I guess this chapter is it all boils down to that understanding that the dance is not the ministry, and the ministry is not the dance. Like I knew that I've always known that was key, but in talking about it with people, this is why I've always wanted to talk to people. This is a dream for me. Thank you, Amy. Love you. Mm-hmm. But in talking about this, I see how much is packed into that little statement, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not the ministry. So a couple of things. I was looking at, and and what precedes that, I believe, we we look at the children of Israel, right? And we look at Isaiah, where God basically went off, and he was like, I hate your new moons and these Sabbaths make me sick. And and I read that and I was like, but wait a minute. But you told them to do that. So what happened? Mm -hmm. Like that was an actual question to me when when we read that. Mm -hmm. Um, When he led me there and I was like, but wait a minute. The only reason that they're doing this is because you told them to do this. So how could that make you sick when they're only doing it because you told them to do it. Either they're crazy or you're crazy. God didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but, but that really stuck out to me. And I remember Dr. Mark Hamby came to our church, and I write about this in the book, and he says, some of us are living in death doing the word of God because we have failed to hear the preceding word. And this came years after I wrote this book, but, but it made me go back and look at it again. And the issue was not that the children of Israel were doing these, uh, these things that God told them to do, these institutions that he told them to do. It was that they began 
to separate those from the communion with God in which they were created. Mm -hmm. So now God is out of the picture because they believe just by doing what we've always seen people do, Mm -hmm. right, then we're going to get the same results. We do the same thing if we think, oh, if I'm dancing and dance is the ministry, then all I have to do is dance. I don't have to consult God about what I'm doing if I believe that dance is the ministry because all I have to do is dance. And as long as I'm dancing, I'm in ministry. So why do I need to talk to God about that, right? Mm -hmm. So now we, we begin to lift up the activity over the communion. Mm. Now we're separated. Now we're into our own stuff. Now we're not in the communal flow of where the body of Christ is going because we're not even talking to him about where the body of Christ is going. And what do I need to do next, Lord? You are the the head of this. You are the eyes of this. You know where we're going next. If I'm not talking to my eyes, to know where I'm going or I should be going, you know, that's a little disastrous. Walk in the <laughs> dark in an unknown place. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? You set yourself up for, for potential disaster. And so that's the issue is that we take this on and then we, we take the vehicle and then we put that above the creator. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, we don't even know we're doing it sometimes. It's it's not out of insubordination. It's not out of rebellion. It's not out of any of that stuff. These are people who genuinely love God, want to serve him with all their heart, right? These are people who genuinely, we all genuinely love God and are so excited to serve him and to serve his people and to be used by him. And frankly, it's very easy to fall into some of this stuff if we're not vigilant about the connection to him. It's all about fighting for that connection because we can get so caught up in the logistics and in administrative tasks and in interpersonal steps past. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to deal with our dancers. We've got to deal with the church. We've got to deal with practice and rehearsal and all this kind of stuff. And you can get caught up in all this doing that the next thing you know, you haven't talked to God in a year about what to do for your ministry because you're so busy doing stuff, stuff. Yeah, it's not unlike our personal relationships at all, right? I mean, exactly. it can happen in your friendship. You get busy or, I mean, it's like in my marriage, a date night or taking time to talk. So it's, and some of us are more prone to it than others if you're a task person, uh, yeah, which exactly. I can be. It's like, and me too. but these things have to get done. These things have to get done. I don't have time to sit down yeah. and talk. And yet the nourishing, and the thing is, it's not just for his sake, it's for ours. The nourishing that comes to our own soul when right. we take take time. Um, someone, Jen, Jen typed in a question, kind of going back to the last one, but I want to voice it because I'm sure she's not alone. Um, she said that um, 
sometimes she finds herself in the position of being asked to dance. She says yes and then realizes that she's getting a no. What do you advise in that case? So, okay, so, Jen, this is something that I have had to learn the very hard way (laughs) because I am a doer. And I remember I was praying to God one time and I said, Lord, when you tell me something, I need you to immediately tell me when it's for because as soon as you show me, I'm out the door. I'm out the door. I'm going. That's who I am. I'm a doer. I go. I find a way. I make it happen. I make stuff happen. And that's, that's how God built me. But I told him, you, you're going to have to show me how to balance this. And so one of the things that I have tried to practice, which I have my good days and bad days, <laughs> is before I say anything, like before I commit to anything, I'll say, okay, let me get back to you. Can, mm-hmm. I, can I call you later and give you an answer? Right? Because I am notorious for getting myself into stuff that I go, why in the world did I say yes to this? Because I have a heart. I, I want to do things for people. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to, you know, I'm trying to take over the world. In my, you know, <laughs> and I have the stamina to do it in my head. In my head, I have the stamina to do it. Um, and I've gotten myself burned out. I've gotten myself in precarious situations. Um, I've gotten myself into things that I shouldn't have been in. And had I just stopped for a second and listened, he would have told me. I, or, no, no, I would have heard him say, don't, no, that's a waste of your resources. You know what I'm saying? And so one thing that, that I try to stay mindful of to answer your question, Jan, is <clears throat> to ask him, can I get back to you? <clears throat> yeah, just create a pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to be diligent about creating those pauses. Um, and and our, our yes can't be so automatic. Yeah. Just before we think, yes, wait, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. I have to say there are some moments where there's a yes that comes so clear in the moment that I know I don't need to think about. You know, there are those times where, like, this is what he's been telling me to do and here's the opportunity, and I walk through it. But as a pattern to create create a pause there. And, um, you know, and even I've had that happen, again, not only in ministry where I say yes to something and then I'm like, ah, I should not have said yes to that. Mm-hmm. And so then I have to go back and say, Lord, what do I do? Do, you know, there's yep. a time for sometimes saying, I'm sorry, I overcommitted. I can't do it. And then there's mm-hmm. a time for saying, okay, I committed. I shouldn't have, but I'm going to follow through because I gave them my word. And I think that even that's right. a matter of prayer. All and right. I love that oh. what you talk about real quick, Amy, about, you know, that's that process of, of being in relationship, of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not ever going to do this flawlessly. But the Lord will lead you in wisdom from any point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you do get yourself in something, like I love what you said, Amy, how do I get out of this? What do I say? Do I get out of this? But that's the thing is I think it's so key for us to remember that we are in relationship with a person. Yes, he's God, Lord, 
Savior, Supreme Creator, but that's Daddy also. That's, that's Daddy who wants to be in relationship with you as Daddy, who you can come to and talk about even the minute things. Mm. He He's interested in that. He's invested in that. He's asking you to allow him to be a part of that. This is something mm-hmm. that you guys are supposed to venture together in, each of us. When he, it's like calling is an invitation to come and participate in something with him, not just mm-hmm. for him, but with him. And I think that's really key for us to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can help us get out of the messes that we get ourselves into, and he can provide grace for them too. I want to jump to um, on page eleven. You say, "If we're there's three things you say that if we're effect, to be affected in ministry, we must settle the following within ourselves." Um, the first one you said is God brings us into a finished work. Can you unpack that and tell us what you mean? Yes. So. Um the way he gave this to me, which talk about in chapter four, is he gave me this picture of um, a sewing pattern. And in a sewing pattern, if you look on the picture in the front, you know, there are all these different parts of the sewing pattern. But on the front, you see a picture of what you're creating, which means that it already had to exist for a picture of it to be possible, right? Somebody already conceived this. They already thought out all of the details. Information about the details and follow them. And that's the same thing with us in in any type of endeavor that we have with God, whether it's dance ministry, preaching, a business, whatever, right? All of that is already conceived. All he needs is somebody to agree with him on the earth and allow themselves to be a vessel to get it finished here. Mm. To get it finished here. So if you know that, that takes so much weight off of Mm. your shoulders because you don't have to create anything. You just have to receive what already is. And it's not your responsibility. It's not my responsibility to, to, to think it up, to do anything. Our fight is to create the space in our life to be able to hear him for the next step. That's it. It's, it's not coming up with it. It's not, and that goes for choreography. That goes for everything. It's not my job to come up with choreography. It's my job to hear, Lord, you led me to this song. How do you want me to show it? And when he responds, I see movement. I see pictures. I see concepts. Right. So that's so that what I mean. could be. That's, so here's the. I'm going to push back. So that could be misinterpreted to mean that our own creativity isn't needed. Right? He's just going to download instructions. What would you say to someone who is concerned about that? Like you know, uh, our own. Not at all. Just, I, I no. I totally just. I totally would 
would say, no, that, that's not the case at all. If, if he didn't need it, why would he put it in you? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, 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 it's like, um, okay, how can I think about this? Mm. Okay, so here I'm a teacher. Hopefully this is a good example. This is the one that I'm seeing. I'm a teacher, and I've taught my students. I've put these skills in my students, right? And now they're so skilled to the point Mm -hmm. where I can pull on what I've put in them, Mm -hmm. right? So there are skills, abilities, there are certain dispositions, certain proclivities, ways that you think, ways that he's crafted you and bent you. And we are his creation. We're his creation. And he is in us and we are in him. So if our creativity, quote unquote, is flowing under his inspiration, then it's, they're one and the same. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. No, in fact, it's it's like it's like our creativity is answering to his. It's this, it's the same. It's the relationship. It's yeah, yeah. The same blood flows through both of them. This, this, you know what I'm saying? You know how you can look at somebody and say, "Oh, I know who trained you. I can I can see their footprint in you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people say. Like for me, when they hear me talk and they ask me, where do you go to church? And I tell them and they go, oh, okay, <laughs> right? They can hear him in me. Right. We, we, but it has a flavor same, that's flavored it by has your a personality. Flavor mm-hmm. That's mine, that's right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's important for where I'm going. That's important for where I'm going and what God has called me to do. So it's not that my creativity gets in the way. no. His his blood is flowing through, and, and I say blood in the sense of his essence, who he is, is flowing through my creativity. So it's it's one it's one and the same. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey, I wanted to share from the chat. Just um, Lorene typed in. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she had asked what um, as a leader he stops me and my dancers get antsy in waiting. Um, the pausing for him quells their zeal. And I, I just said that that's kind of an opportunity to mentor them and the art of listening too. that, um, you know, as leaders, you can model this for people and kind of walk them through the anxiety that comes. There's some anxiety for those of us who yeah. are doers in waiting and listening. So I appreciated that, that comment. Well, that's interesting uh, too, because sometimes we're cultured, church cultured, I mean, to be busy, right? What are you doing for God? What are you doing for God? What are you doing for God? Sometimes that comes, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I said, in the culture that we're brought up in, within the church I'm talking about, because the church definitely has its own culture. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said, Amy, about that's an opportunity for us to teach them. For me... Now I have gotten to the point where I would rather have two dancers mm-hmm. that are willing to to do what's necessary for maximum impact than have 12 
who just want to dance. You can go anywhere and just dance. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to provide you an opportunity to dance. I'm here to do God's work. So either you want to do God's work with me the way that he's leading us, or you are free to go and find somewhere else. And there's no love lost, and I love you, but I can't compromise where God is leading me for his people because I'm scared I might lose you because you might get bored. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I that's know exactly. sometimes it's... Can I share an example of that, Marlita? Because that's yeah, exactly sure. what happened between you and I, right? Marlita and I are planning a, um, a series of live dance workshops in Pasadena beginning end of February. So if you're in the area, you know, we hope that you can come and there'll be more information. But um, I was talking to her about the part that she would teach, and Marlita has a very particular message that God has given her, and it's powerful, and I wanted her to share that. Um, and it's not initially doing a lot of dance, you know, choreography dance. And so I said, well, you know, when people come to a dance workshop, they, they want to dance. <laughs> and so Marlita said, to, and I was concerned about that, you know, can we work that in? Can we have more overt dance? And she said, I think the way you said it was, I understand that concern, but I do not feel the pressure that I do not feel that pressure to respond to that. And so it was kind of a mentoring thing for me, like, you know your calling and you can appreciate other needs, but you're not going to contort yourself to the expectations of others. So that was a kind of an example that I experienced. There's something about knowing who you're for and what you're for that brings such clarity and such peace uh, where we don't get caught up in the other stuff that has nothing to do with us. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That has nothing to do with us. So for me, like in that conversation that you and I had, for me, I know who I'm for. I know I'm not for everybody. I know I'm not for the people who come and are wanting to learn dance routines because mm-hmm. I, God didn't tell me to teach dance routines. Even though you can. Me, even though I can and even though I do that professionally, right? This, mm-hmm. That's what I do for a living is, mm-hmm. is dance routines. I'm a choreographer. I teach it. But in this respect, what God told me to do is teach my dancers how to do it themselves. So I'm going to lead you with tools that you can take back and create any dance you want. Because if I teach you a dance routine, all you know is the routine I taught you. But you don't know how I did it. You don't know how to replicate it or anything. So that was, and and honestly, Amy, when I first started doing this, um, because people would say, well, is there dancing? And I would say, no, there's not. You need to learn where you you go dance anywhere, but you're not going to get this information anywhere. But there Mm -hmm. is. We want to dance. We want to dance. And that's okay. That's great. We're going to be dancing. But for me, in the limited time that I have, there's so much that I see you also need to know besides that. Mm -hmm. And that has come from me knowing who I am 
and what I'm for. And honestly, it took a long time to get confident in that. A long time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go into the next section of a presented disposition. And you point out that in Romans 12.1, when Paul talks about being a living sacrifice, that the word living is a verb. It's not an adjective. So he's not mm-hmm. saying living as opposed to dead, but living as opposed to an ongoing, you know, the way we live. Um, why is that distinction important? It's important because it brings you into a different mindset. If it's an adjective that just describes you, there's, there's a passiveness to it. It doesn't really require you to do anything. It's just describing the state you're in, right? Mm-hmm. But if I make that a verb, I make it active, and then there's something that you need to do that... There's something that needs to be done. And the reality is, as I stated earlier, that Christ Jesus died for us so that we would live for him. It was an exchange of place, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so if that's the case, then as, as the verse says, this is our reasonable worship. This is the least that you can do. It is reasonable for you to do this because this is the interchange that we came into was was this. This was the understanding that we came into is that you would live for me because that's what that's what I'm giving my life to to empower you and get you back into the position that you need to so that you can soar as you live for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> Later in that section you say, we are sons and kings. Um, ministry is to be what we do and not who we are. What mm-hmm. practical difference does it make to know that and to maintain that mindset? So this <laughs> is... Really interesting because sunshine something that God, you know, I, I first started learning about it in church. It was something that I just latched onto, and if Marlita, oh, hello. Yeah, sorry, it's breaking up a little bit. Can you go ahead? I can hear you clearly okay. now. You can, okay. So, uh, in the Greek, that word is huios, son, which doesn't necessarily refer to gender, but one with the nature and character of, right? Mm-hmm. And in Romans 8.29, it says that Jesus was to be the firstborn among brethren which means he was not supposed to be the only person who walked in the earth with the authority, sense of place, sense of his place and the will of God in the earth that he walked in. And he was a demonstration of this sun station 
that we all are to be drafted into. God did not necessarily preordain us to be dancers, ultimately. He created us and preordained us to be sons, Mm -hmm. those with his nature and character, ultimately. Dance is the vehicle we have been given to live that out, to give expression to that, but it's not the end. Sonship is. So Jesus gave us an example of how a son thinks. Philippians 2 says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Okay, well, then we need to look at the mind he had about being in relationship with his father. Right? There was, there was a responsibility that he assumed, that he took on, that he recognized that he was accountable to. So if I know that I am a son, not just a dancer, then I understand that with my dance, there is something bigger that I'm accountable to and I'm responsible for because of my son relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? Again, the dance is just how I give expression, how I live out, how Mm -hmm. I flesh out my responsibility as a son. But dance is not the ultimate responsibility for me. Right. Otherwise, it's an idol in a way. I mean, it's really an idol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emily just pointed that on the chat. She really appreciated um, what you brought to Bellhaven, giving them tools that they could take or leave or add to, kind of like what you're going to share at the workshop. That's amazing. I can't wait to be back with you guys in a couple weeks. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, can you talk about the distinction between stewardship and ownership and explain the distinction and how it affects how we approach dance? Yes. Okay, so wh- okay, so God invites us to to be in this wonderful adventure with him as dancers, right? And again, if we think the dance is the ministry, then we take on a sense of ownership for that. And whether we think the dance is a ministry or not, we take on ownership of that, right? We take, we take responsibility for that, and that's wonderful. God wants us to take it as our own in the sense of I own this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking this, yes, God, I assume the responsibility for making sure this gets done. However, that needs to be held in balance. Because, yes, you are responsible, right, because you said yes, but you also have to look up as well, right? It's not yours. It's just been put into your care, but it's not yours. And the person to whom it does belong expects you to come and talk to them about what to do with what they put in your care. Stewardship, ownership. And Mm -hmm. sometimes because we feel this strong sense of ownership, it's very easy, though we don't intend to. It's not our intention to go and step forward. But because you feel the sense of ownership and because it is so possible to step ahead of God, 
It, it, it just it is. It's not like if I don't consult him first, my body shuts down. <laughs> that doesn't happen. It's very, it's very easy for me to go and, and receive something that belongs to him and go and do whatever I want with it. People do it every day, right? We do it every day, but we're shutting off our connection to that power supply. Mm-hmm. So then I take that and I stand in front of his people and and I go and I try to do his business when I'm disconnected from him, right, because I've moved ahead of him, right, so I'm, so I'm not connected to the power supply when, again, I stand in front of the people, but it's his power that's coming through me to them. So if I'm standing in front of them and I'm disconnected from his power, then, yes, I'm standing with his radio to turn on, but the plug's not in his wall. So when I press the power button, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. I'm disconnected from the source, right? And unfortunately, what happens as a consequence is that people look at that and they say, oh, that dance is not of God. Mm. Right? So then we, as dancers, get a bad rap. The vehicle that God absolutely gave to us gets a bad rap. Yeah. And you have a really good analogy, actually. And I think this will be my last question, so we have time for Q&A. But... um, you know, I think this quote points to that, that we, we said we must further understand that obedience is not what manifests the presence and power of God. He does that by himself, but mm-hmm. our obedience aligns us with the flow of his power. And then you talk about, um, maybe just, you could just share that analogy of a fan and the plug. Oh, yeah. So I, I actually heard my bishop say this, and I was like, oh, my God. It just was like a light bulb to me. But he was talking about um, electricity. And he was saying that there is electricity that exists in a place before I ever tap into it. And he was saying that when I plug something into the wall, I'm tapping into a bigger source that already existed. It's not that my plugging it into the wall made it come on. It's the connection to the power source. The plugging it into the wall is the way that I connect to the power source. It's it's the electricity that turns on uh, the appliance, mm-hmm. right? Not the plug. The plug just connects to the power that turns on the appliance. Okay. And that's a that's a very big distinction for us to know. Yeah, and we don't idolize obedience. We just recognize it aligns us with Him, and He's the source of the power. Right. I love it. Gosh, there's even a little more I would go into, but I um, I'm, I want to make sure we have time for Q&A. And just in case some people have to leave the call early or came late, just so you know, this is the first of a four-part series. If you register for the four-part series today, the cost is $29. It goes up to 39 tomorrow. And also Marlita – oh, I and I have to do a giveaway. I forgot. I get busy. Um, <laughs> I'll do a couple right now. Um, Marlita also will send you a Kindle copy of her second book if you register while you're on the call. So $29 all day, but if you know you want to take it and you register when you're on the call, then Marlita will send you a Kindle copy of her second book. Um, and I am going to – let me see. How am I going to do this? Um, 
I am going to draw a name from the from the list of numbers and um <laughs> I realize that's going to be a little trickier than I think. Um, you'll have to help me a little bit. I'm going to pick one from the chat and one from the phone, and then I will give you a copy you can choose of either um, Devotions in Motion, which is a 30-minute video download that has some um, very short, simple devotional dances that you can do um, in the morning. You don't have to be warmed up to do them because they're mostly signs and gestures. And you can choose between that or from performance to worship, which is also a 30-minute video on how to help children set, develop a mindset for ministry. But truly, all those principles really apply to your worship team as well. It's, it was written for children, um, created for children, for working with children, but it doesn't. So I am going to pull, um, I have to pull a location from the calls because that's how I can see you. And so uh, I'm going to take Southwest Missouri. So if you are in South Miss, Southwest Missouri, can you tell me your name? And, um, and I can email that to you. I just unmuted you, so you may need to also unmute. But who is yeah, that? Southwest? This, is, this is Emily Jones. I'm sorry, who Emily. is it? Yeah. Emily Jones. Emily Jones. Okay, I've got your email. So, um, Emily, I'll email you, and you can tell me which one of those that you would rather have, and then I'll send that to you. Okay. And um, and then I am going to choose one from over here um, from the chat. Um, guest 18. So she shared a comment, too. Um, she said, we must seek God and ask where and who he would have us to minister to. So guest 18, if you could just tell me your name, type it into the chat, and then I can also contact you about that. Okay. And um, while she's doing that, um, anybody else? So I'm going to, if you want to, if you speak and you aren't heard, then raise your hand, do the star eight, because I may need to actually unmute you. But if you have questions or comments, or you want to respond to what Marlita has said, now is the chance to do that. We'd really love to hear from you. Hey, it's Diane Power. We're out in New York. Um, I wasn't able to get the first half hour. We had problems over here that I couldn't connect. So I'm wondering if, are you sending this out as a replay or anything? Yes, yes. I will send out a replay. Uh, you'll you'll receive that by tonight, mm -hmm. the, the recording of the whole thing. Yeah, thanks for asking. Great. And I'm going to switch. Um, actually, guest 18 has already left the call. So um, guest 19, who is guest 19? Oh, she left too? Well, I'm going to choose someone from the phone then. Um, how about... Hello, Amy? Yes. Amy? This, this was guest 19. This is Jennifer. We got kicked off and we had to come back in as guest 21. For that okay. <laughs> Jennifer, and, um, Jennifer, your last name again, Jennifer? So I Grant. Grant. Okay, great. I'll email you today about that. Awesome. Okay. okay. Questions? Uh, I have a comment also. Yes. I have a comment also um, regarding what I one of my main things that I really took away was private worship dance is different from in God's mouthpiece before his people in dance. Wait, can you Hello? say that again, Jennifer? Okay. When Marlita said the private worship dance 
is different from being God's mouthpiece before his people in dance. It's like yeah. you go up and you have your own private worship time going on in, in a dance in, when you're supposed to be ministering to the people. She mentioned it when she was saying that someone said mm-hmm. that she did worship for God and not for the people. Yeah. All right. We're serving yeah. God, serving God and, and not people. Her, your comment was, no, we're, we're serving God for the people, and we're creating an atmosphere for him to come and abide. And and that really resonated with you. Yes, that was my thing, private dance, worship dance. Mm. Because a lot of times you've been told, when you go to ministering dance, it's between you and God. It's between you and God. Don't look at the people. But it's actually we're being used by him to minister to the people. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Amy? Yes. Hi, this is Pat Dyer. Um, I just wanted to comment on the part what you said about um, when we align ourselves with the flow of God and his power. And uh, just a quick story that uh, this Christmas, um, I was like, oh, we learned this whole dance with scars and streamers, and I wanted to do this. So I'm thinking in my mind what songs would work with the scars and streamers for Christmas. And I was like, well, that's not what I want you to do. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, this is going to be good. I'm going to workshop, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. And then one day I was just sitting in the choir, and he just like, no, I want you to do go tell them and I said, huh? I said, that's a K-Song. I'm like, all right, Lord. You know, and I'm still kind of struggling. No station, I found the, um, it was um, African Nobel with Go Tell on the Mountain. And mm. we, I was like, oh, I mean, this is new for our church. We, people actually were laughing when we were practicing because when they heard the music. And at the end, what we did was, um, one of the dancers is also in the, the singer. The guy said to me, I want you to do the go-telling part, mountain part. She's going to sing a cappella, and you're going to dance it out. Wow. So that's what we did. And when she began to sing, we moved into the aisles because we were going to use it as our exit. And as she began to sing, the congregation started singing with her. It actually threw me off. I missed the step because I was like, what? And that was just a confirmation of that moment that when you flow in his power and what he calls you to do, his people, his people receive with what he wants them to receive. And I was like, all right, God, you got me. That was a lesson learned. Okay. And not that I haven't, I know some before, before, but it's just like, no, no, this was new. And, I'm, and I was just so overwhelmed. The even time when I think about it is that, well, God, you know, when you flow in what you tell us to do, your glory is, you know, the glory is given all to you. Amen. And you were flexible enough to change your grand plan, right? And you had time to listen, and you entered the conversation, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. it was real. Like, wait, what do you mean? I mean, that's the kind of conversations we have with people. What do you mean right. I'm supposed to do this? It's not, you know, it's not like a zap. It's a, it's a conversation. Thanks for sharing that. Can I share something with you, too, that, that was the same as well? There was this one song <laughs> that he wanted me to do, The Blood Still Has Miraculous Power. He told us to do that song. But he told us to wear all red fitted bodysuits, like fitted, like a unitard. And our head, we were covered from head to toe. Uh, gloves, 
everything. And I was so nervous because I remember dancing with the Hush Company years ago and people would get up and walk out on us because we were in pants. Now here you're telling me to go in a church service in unitards. (laughs) What are you doing to me, man? But we did. And when I tell you, first of all, I had never seen the church stand up and give us an open. I mean, people were sobbing, not crying, sobbing Mm -hmm. because of that presentation. And that was a totally new experience for me um, Mm -hmm. about hearing him and being confident that I know that voice and trusting Mm -hmm. even if it's different from what Mm -hmm. I would think is appropriate or what I, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, if I just follow that voice and trust Mm -hmm. that voice, you, you know what I'm saying? That that was so. I, I that's great that you had that experience. Mm-hmm. It reminds me that you you have a quote in the book. I put it on Facebook that um, obedience is more important than the supposed holiness of our garments or movements. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else want to share a question or a response? Hi everyone. This is Lurleen. And I just want to say, hi, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing the Lord to just use you again for his glory. I'm a leader in the dance ministry, and I was going through a personal struggle wherein I know God is saying, be quiet in me, I have some things that I'm bringing out. And as a result of obeying God, you know, some of my dances kind of flipped off because we're not dancing, dancing, not bringing out pieces. I know it was a time of listening and imparting and training. I lost almost all my members. I'm down to my leaders, but I knew he spoke in Isaiah about a stump, a root coming forth. Mm. So I stood on that word. And just hearing you guys this morning, I'm encouraging my spirit as to what he's going to be doing in this ministry for 2016. Mm-hmm. I thank you for confirming the importance of waiting on God and obeying him to the letter because that's when he'll be glorified. Thank you for encouraging me today. Amen. You know, when you were talking about that, I thought of uh, Gideon. Yes. You you know what I mean? Mm. Where he he was going to come and God just began to shed him of that. So you don't don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. You, You don't think what... You don't need what you think you need. And sometimes... We tend we get caught up in show, in the sense of if I have a lot of people, then God is really moving. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the case, and sometimes that's not. Sometimes having a lot of people actually becomes more of a burden, right? Because now you're beholden to keep these people pleased so they won't leave. And that's not the place that God wants any of us. He doesn't want his purpose held hostage to trying to keep people who who are not of the mind to flow with him. I'm not saying they're not good people. I'm not saying they don't love God. But perhaps they're looking at something different from where God has you. And we have to be willing to let the good move on 
so that the best has room to come in. Hallelujah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's his heart, and that's where I'm standing. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. I'll keep you in prayer. Oh, that I will appreciate. Thanks. Yeah. Well, let me give you, let me give the homework assignment. And Marlene, if you want to add to this, please feel free to. Um, but I have two homework assignments. And um, if you do these and you turn them in, we will look at them and we will respond to them. As, um, the first question is um, to list the projects that you've undertaken. This one you can turn in or not. This one is really more for yourself. But list the projects you've undertaken in the past year and ask which ones do you feel qualify as service, meaning the definition of service is doing what you've been asked to do. And are there, and I'll put this on the website, don't worry. Are there any in which you expended effort, but when you evaluate it, it weren't, wasn't service in terms of what he asked for? So list the projects you've undertaken. Which ones do you feel like you could see? That was service. He asked me to do it, and I did it. And are there any where you expended effort, but when you look at it, it, it wasn't service or ministry in that sense? And then a practical activation, ask God for a specific opportunity to obey. Share what you sensed you heard, what you did, and what the results were. And you can share this on the, the Facebook page for this event. And if you go to, um, in the email that you've gotten from me, the link to, your, to the course page, um, they, these, this will all be on there, as well as Marlita's going to put um, course notes up there. Um, so those, those two questions. For homework, again, um, if you register before we hang up, or even within 15 minutes of hanging up, you know, um, then we'll, Marlita will also send you a copy of her Kindle book, the next one. We hope that you'll join us for the series of four. We are going to next week. We're going to unpack chapter two called Place and Function. We'll learn um, to keep administrative and logistical responsibilities in service to our true ministry. We'll trace what dance contributes to the body of Christ how to reinforce and enable other offices in the church, like your pastor, with how to use your dance to reinforce their ministry, and learn the mindset necessary um, and be encouraged again to walk in our true identity when we dance. So we hope that you will join us. We're just so grateful that you took the time today. This, record, this call is recorded, and you'll have access to it. So if you missed a portion of it or you want to go back and hear something again, um, You'll, I will get that to you. You'll receive an email, and you can find it on the course page. We hope that we'll do that. Marlena, do you want to um, chime in anything before I pray and we, and we close the call? Uh, I was just going to say I will be on the Facebook page. So if you, like, have any questions or, mm-hmm. you know, want me to elaborate on anything, please, you know, post a question there, and I, and I will respond. I think this is wonderful. and. Obviously, I think it's needed. <laughs> I mean, you know, but this has been such a wonderful opportunity and always a dream of mine to engage with people. I'm like, read the book so I can talk to you. I want to talk to you about it. So I would love to talk to you about it. It's not something that I wanted to, you know, release and then never have dialogue about. I think it's important for us to dialogue about this and support each other. So please, if you if you have, you know, questions or, you know, just want to talk further, hit me up on Facebook. Yep. 
And I'm going to put the link to the, the event page. I just put the wrong link up there. So don't follow the first link I gave you. I'm going to put the link to the event page on the chat here for you. Let's see this. Yeah, and if you have friends that you think would benefit, um, encourage them to register. They'll still get access to this call but so they can listen to this call and then move on with us for the rest of the series. Okay. I'm going to pray for us again. Or actually, Marlita, will you close us in prayer? Sure. Um, and before I do, I also wanted to just say thank you guys all for mm-hmm. giving your time to spend with Amy and I. I know there are a billion other things you could have done um, for this hour and a half, so I appreciate you you being here with us, um, and I hope to get to know you more. So, Father God, I come before you this morning, and first of all, I say thank you. You are our God and our King, and you told us to come boldly into your throne of grace. So this morning, we come boldly, thanking you for the finished work of Christ, that because of what he did, we have been able to come and participate with you in creation. And we thank you for that privilege. We thank you, Father, for the trust that you have in us, that you have so wrapped yourself up in us that if we don't do our part, it affects your ability to do your part. What a great trust. What a great trust that you have placed in us, and we thank you for that opportunity to love you and to participate with you in this. And so, Father, here you have your sons and your daughters who have come on this call because they feel the call to something deeper and something higher. These are your children, the the remnant, the called out ones, Father, who are seeking to serve you more, to be um, uh, better at executing your purpose, to hear you more clearly. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to meet them at the point of their need. Continue Mm. to teach this revelation to them farther beyond anything I could have ever said. There's something that you've given me to say, but God, there's even more that's particular to the assignment that you have given them specifically. Mm. So I ask you to take this seed that was sown and illuminate it specifically for where you have called them. Father, you said and you taught us that you have brought us into a finished work. So I declare, God, that all things in you are yes and Mm -hmm. amen. I thank you for clarity. I thank you for hearing you at a deeper level. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the people, for the resources. I thank you for not just people, but for the people that are called for this assignment that you have entrusted us to. And I thank you for people who will undergird them, who will stand with them like they stood and held Aaron's hands or Moses' hands when he had to bring the people, the children of Israel. He had people who stood beside him, Father, in the call, in the responsibility, and held his hands up so that he could fulfill his assignment. That's the kind of people that I'm asking you to bring into their lives. Holy Spirit, in all things of choreography and, and song choice and understanding um, where you're leading them, I thank you that they hear you so clearly. 
Father, you said that your sheep know your voice. You said that we would hear a voice within us saying, this is the way, walk in it. So I thank you, God, that you are telling us, showing us what to do, where to go, what to say, who to say it to, because that's your promise. And you said, Father, put you in remembrance of your word. So we do, and we expect that when we ask you, you will tell us, because your word says anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask for it, believing that he receives. So, Father, we declare that we receive that today. And in this revelation of understanding that there is a bigger four that our dance is connected to, we thank you that we are understanding that with each passing day that we commune with you. And we thank you, Father, that we are seeing your ministry to your people flow through us in a greater dimension, healing, deliverance, salvation. We thank you, Father, that we see that as a result of our partnership with you. And so I receive this on behalf of all of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Thank you so much, Marlita. Thank you all for being here, for investing your time. We know your time is precious, and we're so grateful that you've been part of it. Um, We will be in touch. You You can... Interact with Marlita on the events page for this. You go to um, Facebook, Worship Dance Ministries, and look in the events for this event, and she is available. Bless you today. Have a great day, everybody. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.